Two friends taking pictures of the rising full moon on a summer night. Two teenage kids doing what teenage kids do. When a stranger with a gun and a death wish changed everything. It was violent, it was senseless, and I will never understand it, I will never accept it. I'm Amy Donaldson, and unfortunately, we're all too familiar with stories about how violence shatters lives. But what we rarely see is how they are rebuilt. In a new podcast, The Letter, we relive tragedy, but only so we can hear the rest of the story. The struggle to reclaim lives, the realities of grief, and the possibilities of forgiveness. I believe in miracles. Sometimes I thought, there are no miracles. Yeah, there are, and this is a big one. Follow The Letter at theletterpodcast.com or wherever you get your podcasts. Utah's best athletes count on flexibility, speed, strength. And the Jazz pick up their 22nd assist. So they count on University of Utah help. Brielle Soleil puts this game away. And so can you. Leading doctors, a world-class environment, award-winning innovation, care to be great. 14 unanswered by the Utes. University of Utah Health, caring for Utah's best and yours. Schedule your appointment now at uofuhealth.org slash care to be great. Your home for the best coverage of the Jazz, Utes, Cougars, and Aggies. This is Unrivaled with Scott Mitchell and Alex Keery. It's our show, all right? Presented by G2G Bars on 97.5, the KSL Sports Zone. Welcome back. It is Unrivaled 97.5 VKSL Sports Zone. Thanks for being with us. Spring is in the air. Spring football is definitely in the air. Firing up uh, as BYU's getting going here on their spring, starting today. Spring football right now down in Provo. Very exciting stuff. Mitch Harper, our BYU insider for KSLSports.com, hosts of Cougar Sports Saturday on KSL News Radio, joins us on the program. What's up, Mitch? Hey, guys. Yeah, happy to be on on. Uh... First practice day of, of Big Twelve living for BYU, so it should be fun. It's uh, we were we were wondering about how you know, and we were looking at your article, the five things at BYU kind of questions you you want answered for spring. What what are the things that that uh, that people aren't going to find out in the spring? Because I think we we probably think we're going to know a lot after spring, but spring doesn't always uh, give us that. I think what we won't know for sure is is the the key difference makers on the defense. I think we got an idea of who they are. You know, Tyler Batty, I think is going to be a leader. I think we're going to hear a lot about him in spring coaches really were impressed. The new defensive staff with him in winter conditioning. So I'd say Tyler Batty is going to be a leader. Eddie Heckard from Weber state. I mean, I think Eddie Heckard is going to be a top guy from the get go. I mean, I've, I've said before on Cougar sports Saturday, I think he might be the best cornerback in the 21st century for BYU. Uh, he's that good. He's going to be an instant difference maker and maybe a culture changer, his arrival alone. Uh, but, you know, that, there's a scheme and everything like that. They're going to keep it vanilla. I mean, it's going to probably be a four-man front, but there's the farther base look. But you'll hear a lot of things about multiple and whatnot. So there will still be some mystery to what we truly know about this defense from scheme, from some key personnel 
uh, because there's going to be a lot of jockeying for that here in spring. With uh, all the new players, especially the quarterback, Keaton Slovis, and the defense and getting all of that, tried to, tried trying to figure all of that out and all these questions you've brought up about getting answers, what what changes in maybe the um, out of the structure of practice? Uh, are, are there different types of drills? Are there more te- team-oriented things? What what are what are some of the things that, that you anticipate BYU doing in spring football and and that they can do? Well, I think they're going to be you know th- there's got to be a lot of teamwork uh, in this spring. I would expect uh, because uh, so much new uh, with the staff with. Uh, the personnel. I mean, 37 new newcomers on this on this spring roster that was released today. So many new faces. You got to get some some teamwork. Uh, you know, spring ball is not as physical as it once was. Uh, you know, the NCAA's made rules changes last year that really kind of tapered down the physicality that you can have uh, in pra- in spring practice. But uh, I, I think it'd be smart for Kalani and this staff to have a little bit more teamwork. Uh, put into place because there's so much more uh, unknowns with this year's spring compared to last year where you felt like you pretty much knew the top 44 from a personnel side. You knew pretty much where everyone sat. Uh, This year there should be more competition because every roster spot is so critical with Big 12 affiliation and having guaranteed four-year scholarships kicking into gear for the program on July 1. Uh, You know, if, if players aren't living up to the new heightened expectations, they might have to be nudged at or whatever it may be because you want to maximize and your roster, all 123 spots to have that depth necessary to compete in the Big 12. Uh, you talked about Eddie Heckard from uh, Weber State. Uh, Ty Burke is a guy that I, that's coming in uh, after a, a mission finally, right, and uh, out of Syracuse High School. What are some of these other – I know that Raider DeMooney is also another one that's – really everybody's looking forward to came off his mission recently so what are the ones that you're looking at and you go uh, I mean you just mentioned Heckard but who who are the other guys that you go keep your eyeballs open on these guys yeah Raider to Mooney for sure I think he could be maybe safety number three you know because I think Micah Harper's going to be there Malik Moore uh, Raider to Mooney could be that third guy and paired up with maybe Talon Alfrey in the second unit uh, Raider to Mooney has been a name we've heard about for seven years in the BYU circles, and and now he's going to finally go through a, a practice at BYU for the first time. He stayed loyal since he was an eighth grader. He's he's a big time talent. I mean, Jay Hill was at Salt Lake International Airport waiting for his arrival. Those sort of athletes. I mean, that that sort of deal speaks for itself. The type of player Jay Hill views Raider to Mooney to be. Uh, so he's going to be someone to keep an eye on. You know, I think that you know some of the offensive linemen, Waylon Lapuaho. Uh, Paul Miley, instant starters, in my opinion, for BYU. But wow. I'm really curious to see how BYU, uh, you know, how the kind of the chemistry on that offensive line. You know, Aaron Roderick said that it's going to be a more athletic group this year. I think he's saying that because of guys like Lavoaho and Miley, what they can bring to this offensive line. Uh, I think they're instant plug-and-play guys. I'm curious to see if that does play, play out uh, during this spring period. 37 new guys this spring. Uh, what's the breakdown of guys that are, are early enrollees, uh, freshmen incoming? I know BYU plays the long game with the missions with a lot of players. But with these, these early enrollees, are there any guys that uh, could have an... I'm Dave Cauley, investigative journalist and host of the podcast, Cold. 
In October of 1985, a woman named Cherie Warren left work at a busy Salt Lake City office. To meet her estranged husband at a downtown auto dealership. She never made it home. Cherie's car surfaced weeks later in Las Vegas. In the parking lot of a hotel casino. No one knows how it got there. Strange. It was strange. Both Cherie's estranged husband and her boyfriend raised suspicion for investigators. I kind of thought that he might have done something. But no arrests were ever made. In Cold Season 3, we dig into double lives, make new connections in the case, and examine the difficulty raised by reasonable doubt. We want answers just as much as anyone else. They have creeps like that now too, so nothing's changed. That's the new Cold Season 3, The Search for Cherie. Now available anywhere you get your podcasts. Impact on this team this year. You know, I think it's someone that could be uh, an impact player for BYU is Jaden Dunlap, another cornerback uh, from uh, Cerritos College, Juco. He was a first-team all-junior college defensive back, kind of the lockdown corner at Cerritos. There's going to be competition on that other spot uh, besides Eddie Heckard at cornerback. I look at Dunlap to come in and instantly maybe compete uh, right away for for starter reps. Uh, I think that, you know, Gerald Guilford, He's really high on this guy and his production. You watch him on film. I mean, he would take on the top receiver for any junior college team, and he did not give up any touchdowns. He had a lot of pass deflections, a few interceptions this year. Uh, Jaden Dunlap, an early enrollee from the JUCO ranks, I think is someone to keep an eye on. I think from a return missionary, too, you know, early enrollees. I'm really curious to see, you know, obviously Raider DeMooney was a guy that uh, I brought up uh, moments ago. But, you know, I'm curious to see some of these other players, like uh, like a Zoom Esplin. You, you probably hear that name and you go, who, who in the world? What is that? Like, what, no, what's but a it's Zoom a, Esplin? That is a first-team, all-name team already, <laughs> though, in the Big 12. But, you know, just kind of a kind of a freaky athlete type guy. What can he do on the D-line? They've also got a Weber State transfer along the D-line, who Kelly Papinga told me is kind of impressed a little bit during winter conditioning. New Stella East, and he's a super guy that's on the travel roster so many new faces and so many of them are return missionaries they gray shirted last year uh they've all kind of matriculated in and let's see what they can all do to kind of compete and earn a place within this program i think that's really kind of what makes spring ball interesting this year is with so many new faces plus big 12 affiliation oh and by the way by the way a, a quarterback when keaton slovis and jake Retzlaff. there's there's a lot of intriguing storylines when it comes to byu spring ball and they got 15 practices to really start to shape what this Power 5 team is going to look like. Mitch Harper joining us here on Unrivaled as we try to figure out what it's going to look like in the spring for uh, BYU football. I was wondering about the, the Keaton Slovis thing, too, because you wonder how much work that he needs to get into this offense. Obviously, when you talk about an entire new coaching staff on the defensive side, then you have Aaron Roderick and, and Fessy Satake, who are, are obviously, they're, they're kind of hit the ground running. They're keeping this whole thing going, and that offense has a lot less work. It's about the, the pieces that are coming in to learn their system. It is, and, and I think I'm really curious to see how, how kind of comfortable Keaton Slovis is from the get-go. I, I mean, I remember my conversation with him that, that first day of, of winter semester back in January, and there was just a hunger and a desire to really learn this offense. And, you know, Slovis, there's, I think it's an interesting dynamic because he just has not been good for the last two seasons. And, you know, Roderick's optimistic that they can get a bounce back from him. And 
I put up a piece today on, on KSL Sports about how, you know, Roderick wants to get him to the NFL, and Slovis told me how, you know, they're so aligned, uh, him and, and Roderick and, and Matt Mitchell. A, a very influential piece in getting Keenan Slovis to BYU was BYU analyst uh, Matt Mitchell, who once worked with Jeff Grimes at Baylor. He's kind of a you know, un, unofficial quarterback coach, if you will, a right-hand man to Roderick when it comes to developing these QBs and this offense in general, uh, they, there's an alignment there and there's confidence and optimism, but we got to, I want to see Slovis look really good. I mean, this is not like a freshman. This is a fifth year quarterback. He needs to look great. And, and I think as far as like the ball placement, the accuracy of his passes, that needs to be on point during this spring period. Because the last thing you want to see is we're seeing, we're hearing low balls, like poor passes, poor decision-making. There's going to be no pressure. No offensive lineman's going to hit him. I want to see him look really good during this spring period because if he does, then I think you can start to feel a little bit more optimistic to say, hey, there's a path that BYU goes to a bowl game and maybe can be a tough out in the Big 12. I think fans, no matter what comes out of spring, should not look at this team and say, oh, you know, this is now suddenly a nine-win team. Don't, don't, get, don't fall into that trap. But I think that what you should feel good about is that you want to see some, some flashes, some moments that make you say, this is going to be a competitive week-in, week-out team in the Big 12, and that you could get to a bowl game. If you kind of set it at that bar, uh, you can kind of enjoy this process and really see kind of what BYU can become this season. I think they should hit him in, in spring football. Just, <laughs> why, why wait? Let's know what we have right now. Why, why wait till the There's fall no. hit him? Hey, uh, Blake Friedland, uh had a great uh, combine. Uh, what do you hear? What's the buzz you hear? Uh, what kind of impact did that have on, on him and his draft status? I think Blake Freeland's going to be a potential second-round guy. I mean, the thing is with Freeland, you know, for for the untrained you know NFL draft mix out there that were kind of learning about him for uh, the first time really yesterday, it, it's like you go look, watch his film, and he wasn't giving up sacks the last two years on BYU offense tackle replacing Brady Christensen and Freeland's been outstanding he's got good feeling what helps him too unlike guys like Zach Wilson in the past is that you've got great competition that he's playing USC you want to see him go up against Notre Dame you want to see him go up against you know power five teams from darn near every league he's got film against those teams so uh, there's a good body of work there I think that, you know, and I think that Freeland's got a, got a love for football, too. You know, that was something I kind of wondered when he was coming to BYU. If, as much as he loved the game of football, is it just that he's kind of a genetic freak, and that's why he's embraced this sport, and that's why he's got into it. But he really kind of embraced the grind of football. I'm uh, really passionate about it. I think his best football is ahead of him, and I think he's a day-two guy. And, and if he becomes that, I mean – that, those are nice pitches to sell again on the recruiting trail for BYU where we always talk about the, the trenches being the heart of a Power 5 football team. You can say they've produced two offensive tackles who've nice, and you got a future one in Kingsley Suamatia, who I think is going to be the best out of all of them, a first-rounder potentially. Uh, BYU is building a nice pipeline, but Freeland's a freak, and it's not a surprise to me that that guy put up those type of numbers because – Anyone that's been seeing that close the last four years uh, knows how freaky of a talent he is, and uh, I think his best football is still out of him. Mitch, uh, let's get to some basketball real quick before we let you go. Uh, BYU tonight versus St. Mary's. 
I, I don't I mean this is as good of a St. Mary's team as we've seen in a long long time and and that's with a, a long group of t- of good St. Mary's teams but uh BYU and and Mark Pope have decided to turn it on at the exact right moment at least what's going to happen tonight you know I would still bank on St. Mary's that's the safer bet because we just know every night they're going to bring the slow down tempo they're not going to beat themselves and they've got accurate shooters Aiden Mahaney this freshman guard is just a BYU killer. The two games that BYU had against them, Mahaney was brilliant. Uh, so I would still lean to the Gales here, but, man, you got to like the fact that BYU showed some fight after that just embarrassing first half against Portland on Friday. They've clawed their way back. They got that win, and they had a nice performance against an LMU team who's done well in the league. But this is just a different beast, and – You know, BYU has always played well this season against top 25 competition. One of their wins was against Creighton on a neutral floor in Vegas. So maybe there's a little bit of good vibes there. But uh, I I would still lean to the Gales because I think Randy Bennett, too, that coaching staff, uh, they will make the the necessary uh, adjustments needed to to get get a win in a close setting. Because BYU this year, all their WCC wins have been by 10 points or more. All their losses except one have been by nine points or fewer. They can't win close games, and if you're going to take down the Gales, you're not going to blow them out. you got to win a close one. But I give the edge of St. Mary's, and I think they, they win, and I think BYU's WCC reign or WCC era comes to a close tonight against the Gales. Well, at least it's in a familiar place in the semifinal game of the WCC tournament. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it sounds about uh, it's been like Groundhog Day the last yep. uh, twelve years for BYU. Yeah, uh, I think everybody's looking forward to so, you know uh, moving on to everything else that's going to come in the uh, WCC uh, being shut down finally for them, and and then uh, moving on to the Big Twelve. Although yep. it's terrifying to watch like Houston be number one in the country, and then and BYU's walking into uh, an absolute uh, buzzsaw in the Big Twelve. But I think it also excites Mark Pope, so we're looking forward to it. And I am too, and hey, Cougar fans can just enjoy the fact that even though the Big 12 tournament will probably be first-round exits in, in Kansas City, but you'll got that foodie menu. you got the Big 12 Eats there menu, which uh, I'm already counting down the days to be devouring that stuff. By the way, any of the stops uh, along the way, there's going to be some food stop uh, that we'll have to get to know a little bit better uh, yeah. for all these BYU games on the road. Mitch Harper, BYU Insider, KSLSports.com. You can read his byline there. Uh, fantastic job, best in the market when it comes to knowing about BYU sports. So, uh, Mitch, we'll talk to you again, man. Thanks for hanging out, dude. Hey, take care, guys. There you go. Mitch Harper. (sighs) Hey, at least he just told you how it is. Tonight, the WCC tournament, uh, just uh, to get an upset is very, very difficult against the St. Mary's team. So don't set yourself up for that. But it's still going to be a good one. We'll come back around the corner. We have our weekend Warriors. just tons to go on the program on a Monday. We always have so many things to get to. Jeremiah Jensen is going to join us at the top of next hour as well from KSL 5 Television. That's all coming up. Stay with us. 97.5 The KSL Sports Zone. It's the story of an American held in a dark Venezuelan prison. Then all of a sudden they all kind of lined up. They pointed their guns at me. And this is the point where I thought, I'm going to die today. I'm Becky Bruce. I spent a year working on Hope in Darkness, which now has more than 2 million downloads. Find it on kslpodcast.com or wherever you listen to podcasts.